welcome to the Culture Cave. We're here to talk about Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Not to be confused with Rise of the Robots, the classic fighting game from the 90s. Anthony, I'm going to throw some names at you. We'll see if you recognise any of these. It's not going to reflect poorly on you if you don't, because no one knows any of the people involved in this movie, okay? So, Jonathan Mostow. Yeah, uh... Known very well. Exactly. When I was looking at the details of this movie, I was like, who's that? No idea. He's in the driver's seat this time. He did that U571 movie that John Bon Jovi was in. That was his claim to fame prior to this. A bit of a step down from James Cameron, one of the <laughs> greatest action directors of all time. It has to has to be has to be said. Brad Friedel or Brad Fidel. He's back. He, no, he's gone. They got rid of him. It's, oh. it's fucking Marco Beltram who did the music. He had, To be fair, Marco Beltram has done the music for loads of stuff. But he he's doing the score for this. He's taken Brad Fidel's classic theme and, you know, worked it into his own score. Aside from that, Claire Danes. Oh, the only thing I, I could say I've seen Claire Danes in is, is Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet. That's literally the only movie I can think of. Isn't Claire Danes in like Homeland, which everyone was going mad yeah, about? Yeah, she is in Homeland. Yeah, she is. I never watched Homeland, to be honest. No, neither did I. Damien Lewis disturbs me. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. It's just the eyes. They're too piercing. That's major, major Dick Winters from Band of Brothers. You show I, some like, I know, fucking to, respect. To be honest with you, he's great in that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really yeah. joking. I'm really joking. I'm sorry, Damien. I was looking for a cheap joke, and I and, and I done you dirty. I done you dirty, Damien. I I promised in the first episode. So if I don't do this now, I'm I'm never going to do it. So I have to do it now. I promised in the first episode that I'd planted a little seed, a little seed that, oh, that we were going to talk about in this it's episode. Growing. And that is, in the first movie, the T800 goes around killing Sarah Connors because it doesn't know what Sarah Connor looks like. It just has a name and a city, which is LA, because all records have been destroyed. Yet in this movie. The TX is able to taste someone's blood and find out who they are. Yeah, I know exactly what you th- I know what you're saying. Okay, but the thing is, Conrad, what you're missing, I think the fact that the war was delayed by however many years actually means that the technology, when it eventually does come about, is that much more advanced. Oh, okay. What, so you, but are you suggesting that some databases survive the war now because it's been delayed? I have no idea what I'm suggesting. I'm just suggesting that <laughs> somehow there is technology that exists which allows this, this, this uh, Terminator to do this. Maybe they literally can sense the dna of everyone in the world i don't know yeah they just look at someone it's like the matrix they look at them and they just see dna code and they're like well that's it that's a uh i can't remember her name kate brewster Catherine brewster Catherine brewster rather yeah uh i i can barely remember the names of anyone in this movie like i i remember everyone from those first two movies and this i'm like who the fuck is kate brewster again like it's it's so unmemorable i will also say as well we we, will go through the plot in a second just to sort of summarize but and i think we're going to disagree on this because i've got a sneaking suspicion that you hold some of these movies in high regard but this is the beginning of arnie's descent into complete and utter shit movies that basically saw him semi-retire from acting for a bit because you had batman and robin then you had end of days then you had the sixth day then you had collateral damage and then you had this and believe me when i say those are all god-awful movies how do you feel about them? I agree with you for the most part. I will say I haven't seen The Sixth Day in a long time. Yeah, I think this is the one I thought. That's the one I'm going to go to bat for here. Because yeah, the so. reveal, Conrad, the reveal of the dots in the eye socket, you can't beat it. And the thing is, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a strange choice for that role. Yes, the film might have been better without him, but it was still <laughs> good. Um. So, okay, plot. 
Two Terminators again this time. Man and woman this time to really shake it up. One of them's a sexy lady. The other one is an older Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, I don't understand why the skin of the T-800 was updated to be older. It just was. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. a... Like, we just have to accept that within the internal logic of Terminator. I mean, he looks good. He looks good, but he is... He does. Starting to get a little bit of the Ric Flair hips going on. Yeah, he's looking a bit leathery. Yeah. Like, his skin... <laughs> yeah. like his, his skin... You know, there's only so much tanning bed a skin can take before it starts to look this way. But basically, the premise of this movie is that we know the war is still going to happen because the Terminator has come back. And this one is target- targeting John Connor. Can't find John Connor, so all of his... What do they call him? His lieutenant? Yeah, his lieutenants. And then... And also Kate... It's interested in Kate Brewster. Now, we might as well talk about him here. Nick Stahl, better or worse than Edward Furlong as a John Connor? Worse, of course, because I love uh, I love Terminator yeah. 2 John Connor. You know I do. But apparently Furlong was going to be in this. Yeah. He got the job and then he went out and celebrated and took a little drugs and then got dropped from the job. Yeah, Edward Furlong was knee deep in a lot of addictions when yeah. this got made. So uh, yeah, he didn't didn't get the part. Nick Stahl, the only thing I really remember him from apart from this is playing a horrific yellow man in Sin City. And I just, I just don't like him as an actor. Certainly not as like a leading man. He's just very whiny. He looks like he's about to cry in every scene he's in. They do develop, I'll, I'll, I'll give the screenplay credit for this, that they do develop the theme that John Connor is like, I don't want this destiny. You know, I, I yeah. don't, don't want to be like, be the one to save mankind. And like, he feels guilty that it's him. I, I kind of get it, but his performance is so, so kind of whiny that by about half an hour into this movie, I'm like, I'm just fucking, you know, just man up. Yeah, not that we use the term man up. Yeah, yeah, you know. Man as in human up, mate. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I like get like the recasting of like an older, you know, ver- like a version of a character from before, I always like try and think who would be the better version of them. And I don't know what it says about me, but a lot of the time when I have these thoughts, I always come down to Emil Hirsch. <laughs> like he, he's always the one I think he should have been it. Like I really think that we've missed a trick not having like a film where Leonardo DiCaprio and Emil Hirsch were brothers. You know what I mean? Oh. Imagine. They're basically that they they both have those like floppy floppy curtain hairstyles. I would have I would have absolutely loved it. Imagine email Hirsch right out of T three into the girl next door. Would have been brilliant. What a what a different landscape that would have been. Okay, so this movie, they really go hard on the effects for a lot of the action here. And it just looks cheap a lot of the time. And I feel like the violence as the TX goes around killing people is so toothless there's like very little gore the the one the one cool kill in this movie comes about two-thirds of the way through it when after she's killed uh kate's boyfriend she like is it disguises him in the back Mm -hmm. of a cop car and she sticks his his hand through a cop's chest yeah um it's just before the cemetery sequence that's kind of cool but the rest of this movie it just looks very cheap I don't know if you got this sense, but there's a bunch of like really cartoony bits in it. Like there's a moment where someone smacks her head with a fire extinguisher and -hmm. it like spins all the way round like it's a cartoon. (laughs) I feel like the people who who made this movie took the wrong lessons from Terminator 2. Like they were watching it and they were looking at like Arnie smiling and standing on one leg and like the Edward Furlong cool sessions and were like, that's what we need. I, I agree with you. I think that that happens a lot, actually, when people remake stuff. Because this actually, even though it's like a sequel, I think this is like one of the first remake sequels, if you know what I mean. Like the like the first mm. one where they come back for a sequel after many years. Like I know this was like 12 years, so it's not a huge amount. I, I don't think you're wrong. I You know, I, I, you have to admit, 12 years doesn't seem like that much in retrospect. But the people who were, you know, like 
14 or whatever mm-hmm. when terminator 2 came out were were you know almost into their 30s at this point like that's the the demographic you're aiming for with these nostalgia uh sequels and i think it absolutely worked yeah just the right age for expanding breasts yeah <laughs> something for the dads yeah something for the dads yeah. <laughs> but yeah like this this film is you know a steaming pile of crap <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you and quite harsh here, but I don't think this film adds anything of note to the to the, to the the series. Yeah, I mean, like, from the moment that Arnie steps out of the bar in the kind of pastiche of the opening to Terminator 2... Strip club this time, by the way. Well, yeah, so it's like a strip club, uh, and, and he gets gets everything from, like, a, a gigolo stripper man yeah. like who's wearing, like, a leather daddy outfit, and then he puts on, like, the sort of Elton John-style sunglasses, and it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck, is this going to be the kind of movie that we're watching? <laughs> well, this is, this is that type of movie, and it's also the type of movie where a woman gets over the death of her fiancé in about 20 minutes flat. Oh, barely even mentioned. Like, it, 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 that character, I don't understand why he was in this movie. Like, just get rid of that character. It yeah. doesn't, he adds nothing to this. Yeah, like, we did, he literally added nothing. They could have just had her, like, remember him from school as someone she didn't like and have her eventually come around to him that way. It doesn't have to be that she gets over her husband or her fiancé dying in a, in a day. That's literally the only thing that her her, her fiance adds to the story is after he's been killed by the tx kate is in the cemetery and the tx disguised as him is walking towards her and it has the drop on her and you would think okay this is a creature that can transform itself into liquid metal Mm -hmm. just go up to her hug her turn your arm into a big blade shove it through her chest jobs are good and kate brewster's dead mission accomplished we all have cocktails in the future (laughs) but instead when it's still like 30 feet away from her it turns its arm into its shitty laser gun thing shoots at her misses and then just gets riddled with bullets by the t850 who's walking away walking around with a load of guns like that's the only thing that the, the the fiance as a character contributes is not even allowing like the tx to do something that would make sense for it to do like it's just such a throwaway character it's so dumb and uh, this entire movie is incredibly badly written um i i will say i don't want to like completely dunk on it so i will say there's two things that are good in this movie one is the champion truck chase which is our our resident truck chase in the terminator movie they watch terminator 2 for the, and then for this one they said what's better than an action sequence with one truck two trucks and so they have like the the a fire truck chasing a slightly smaller truck um and it that all looks like it's practical it looks incredibly expensive it's still got dumb bits of comedy in it when when the when the fire truck explodes and i've never found a good i don't know if you spotted this or not but this is at thir- <laughs> 37 minutes and 8 seconds in and it happens twice in this movie. There's a massive explosion as the fire truck is encased encased in fire, and there's just a sound of like a jaguar roaring as it explodes <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why it happens, and it happens twice. Like it happens again. Um, what's the other time code for it? At one thirty three twenty eight. Check this on your recordings at home, folks. There's a helicopter that explodes, and there's another another jaguar noise. Like it's when the helicopter comes in through the the bunker entrance right at the end of the movie. What? There's like there's like a wildcat noise. And I, I don't, don't be- I don't believe you. I don't believe you. It's there. The only thing I can think of is that someone heard that the T Rex's roar in Jurassic Park took 
the roar of a lion and then <laughs> added a bunch of stuff on top of it and they like completely fucked up the sound levels when they were producing the sample and the director didn't know any better so what they essentially got was just a jaguar roaring and they're like all right okay i guess we'll put that in the explosion <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell that is so stupid and it's and like this movie is full of shit like that just things that are inexplicable and don't add anything to the viewing experience well it's like this right okay when she stole the cop's gun right yeah expends all the bullets in that gun killing people and then we find out like literally 10 minutes later that she has an arm that can turn into a gun yeah she has a gun arm i don't know why she needs a gun <laughs> yeah why did she steal his handgun <laughs> oh well i mean yeah that like moments like that are littered throughout this do you remember the moment where they're like stealing from a gas station like supermarket and the t850 does the talk to the hand thing oh yeah yeah i i think i lost about six months of my life to that joke because it, it was just like i can't with this needless infatuation with trying to be funny all the time yeah actually that's interesting because like the t850 is like li- isn't it's literally a different terminator obviously yeah it's not the same uh, one. just just like the first in the first two movies t1 and t2 they were different they were different terminators yeah. this one's even a different model number yeah so can you tell me what the hell this filmmaker's doing making the first thing he does when he goes to the stripping thing and he gets in a car he opens up the uh, sun visor and finds the keys like he remembered what John Connor told him to do it from the second one. I'll tell you what they've done here. <laughs> do, you, do you remember between uh, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame where they were like, we killed Thanos or we killed the Thanos who was the bad guy in the first one of these yeah. movies. Now we need to very quickly make this new Thanos that Thanos because we fucked up and like we need to get him to the point where he's that powerful and that's what they've done here they're like we killed the Terminator who knows all of this at the end of Terminator 2 so we need to come up with some kind of plot device that's like this is why he knows all of this stuff too despite (laughs) (laughs) despite being a completely different character different physical machine but also different model of Terminator yeah no no similarities he still remembers what John taught him what when when the term when the T T800 died in Terminator 2 he like sent a message to the future that said by the way lads here's here's where they keep their keys here's how to tell someone to fuck off and um and here's how to smile that's those are the three things he sent he sent back to the future and that was didn't tell him how to say hosto la vista baby because that didn't no. come back no they never say it okay so the other bit of this that i do like that i just wanted to address very quickly is that sarah connor is just dead in this movie leukemia. it's just like yeah she got leukemia she died what actually happened was linda hamilton said i'm not coming back for this and and, <laughs> and they had to find a way around that so sarah connor is just dead in this and her coffin is full of guns which is quite fun as an action sequence like the terminator walking around with a coffin in one on one shoulder and a fucking like machine gun in the yeah, other hand yeah, yeah. again just recklessly shooting cop cars but but if she like this is the thing they had the reveal that they had guns in her coffin and i thought the reveal was going to be she's not dead the, 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 the reveal is she was cremated yeah. <laughs> did the pallbearers not notice that her coffin weighed like a ton like yeah, 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 they, yeah. they were all like jesus Christ, how much did she weigh like this thing is <laughs> this thing's and it's like it sounds like it's full of metal why why does it sound like that another thing which uh i didn't like was that when she was running up to the plane at the end right yeah. <laughs> running up she she just happened to say there's my dad's plane I used to train in that 
and <laughs> you know yeah. running up to you can literally like almost see the screenwriter hastily like fuck we haven't established that she's a pilot guys how do we not think of this like just writing it down yeah, yeah, as yeah. the scene is being shot just like say your dad taught you how to fly like it's <laughs> i thought that was so stupid yeah we've got to get all of this in we've got to establish it um that entire Skynet sequence where they're like, we got to turn Skynet on um, to protect us from the fucking Terminator or from, from the virus. Um, mm. And and it turns out that like Skynet decides that it just needs to eradicate humanity. All of that's awful. The massive robots that for some reason are activated that look like they are literally out of robot wars. They're like, this isn't yeah, practical. Yeah. Like, how does that thing get into a building? You know, like yeah, what? Like it's, it, it's it's enormous. Like if you're gonna kill humans, you need to be be able to fit into the spaces that humans inhabit. Like yeah, yeah. it's 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 no good if you're like twelve feet tall and seven feet wide. Also, oh, they're just like slowly wandering around these like weird, pointless Dalek style yeah, things. It's like wandering around in Skynet. Also, um. At the end, whenever they finally... Obviously, they, the rugs pulled out from under us. Yeah, it was always going to happen. John and Kate needed to be saved. Yeah, you know, it was always going to happen. Uh, there's a few great moments. First of all, John just takes... You know, he just takes the lead. You know, there's two of them there. There's two of them there. They say, who's in charge there? And he's like, I am. And uh, she looks at him very lovingly. I don't really know why she was okay with him just being like, I'm the boss now. Uh, that, was yeah. a bit, that was a bit strange. As well as that, I thought it was quite strange the moment where uh, John was really annoyed that they'd got locked in there and he wanted to actually stop the war. And then Kate just looked at him and says, just let it go. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. You know, maybe we should just let it just go. Just let it go. <laughs> just let the eradication of the human race go, John. <laughs> All right, fucking move on. All right, change the record. Very strange. The thing, the thing I love about that ending as well is that rather than just let the door shut on both of them, crushing them and killing both of them, it has to do like the overload nuke sequence. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense why you d- like that's so unsafe for the people in the bunker. But well, you know, um, well, I suppose that the TX was very powerful. Let's be honest. Like so, that's true. Popping pop like a little nuclear, whatever that is, in its mouth and just blowing it up. Fair enough. But the time travel, Conrad. Uh, the reason why I don't like it, right, is first of all, they they broke the cycle in in a way to speak. They broke the paradox in order to stop at the end of T two, stop the war happening. Mm. I actually didn't mind that. I thought it was it worked well with the story. Retcon that. James Cameron's happy enough for them just to rip apart his dreams and hopes here. Literal dreams, actually, because that's where it came from. <laughs> yeah. They say, you know what? We're going to have it actually that Judgment Day is inevitable. And all of a sudden, Miles Dyson isn't who was going to lead to the, the Judgment Day. It was actually Brewster. And it was uh, Brewster <laughs> the whole time. I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. I'm usually the type of person who wants to know the nitty-gritty details of everything. I didn't rewind when Arnie was talking about Brewster because I was like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I don't care why we're supposed to think Brewster was the most important one. It's all nonsense. And so the idea is now that no matter what you do, the Judgment Day is just going to get delayed and delayed and delayed. I personally do not like the style of time travel where they just like delay the, like they say it's inevitable it's going to happen. And therefore, Mm. it's like, you know, like you were arguing that the skateboarding back to the future was always going to be invented i'm saying it wasn't all right i don't like that <laughs> yeah. i don't like i don't like that it's inevitable that the skateboard's invented and i don't like that it's inevitable judgment day happens i think it's a, a whole load of bollocks yeah I, I mean i definitely agree with that in this in this case it doesn't make that much sense but it also cheapens everything that's come before it 
you know, if we accept this as canon, then it's like, well, nothing they did in those first two movies, like, really matter. Well, not nothing, but a lot of what they did in those first two movies doesn't really matter. It's like the, the classic example is like Alien 3, where Newt and Corporal Hicks die off camera at the beginning of that movie basically nullifying the whole ending of aliens and that pissed so many people off because it's like it doesn't make me feel better about aliens it just makes me feel worse about alien 3 um and that's that's what they've done here as well once you made the decision james cameron made the decision to have no war retconning that just to get more money and more films creatively i can't agree with it or or do like a period movie like the way i would have done it uh, i hate to backseat right but be like oh they actually sent another terminator back in time in 1984 yeah, like have Arnie sneaking by the side of a stage while the other Arnie is singing Johnny Blue yeah. or something. Oh, and there you go. They should have back to the future it. That would have been great. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> okay, right. Very quickly then. Two bits of trivia for you. First one is kind of dumb, but I thought it was funny. There's two deleted scenes in this movie where it's revealed that after creating Skynet, the US Army modelled the T-800 and the T-850 for Terminators after a burly southern soldier called Sergeant William Candy. Oh, I've and in seen the, that little scene. <laughs> and in these scenes, Arnie was dubbed with a southern accent. And it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Well, so it, good because it's so bad, yeah. Yeah, it's awful. And then uh, this is the big one. James Cameron, when he watched this movie initially, he did say he liked it, um, but after watching Terminator Salvation, he apparently went back and watched this movie again and he changed his mind and he said everything after T2 is rubbish and shouldn't be considered canon. I would imagine that it's because um, he was Arnold Schwarzenegger's friend and he's the one who actually said to him, just take the money, do the film. And so maybe yeah. he went to see it with, with, with Arnie and was like, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's great. Really, really good. Really good. Don't pummel <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> I'm going to change my phone number now. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've, you've not ruined my whole, my whole legacy there, mate. <laughs> Thanks. You've done a great job. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it is. Okay, and I think that's going to do it for us then. For Terminator 3, The Rise of the Machines, easily the worst, I would say, of those first three Terminator movies. But yes, like the show, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And uh, we will see you on the next one of these whenever that is. Bye.